0: Hi, I'm Andrew. I'm Kirsten. And this is Most Foul. Episode 45. Can you believe it?
1: I can't believe it.
0: Listener, today, part two of the story of Erzabet, the blood countess.
1: Mm hmm.
0: <laughs> who. May or may not be the most prolific female serial killer of all time. <laughs> Schrodinger's so,
1: serial killer?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Should we just go right into it and then catch up at the end? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so. Why keep people hanging?
0: Okay, so I'm excited to talk about the many, many ways that the history, mythology, and folklore surrounding Air Shabet has influenced and impacted the world around us. We'll see as I go through if I stick with Herjabet. But again, just as a reference point, in like contemporary culture, her English westernized name is Elizabeth Bathory. Mm-hmm. So we'll just see how the mood strikes one yeah. sentence at a time. <laughs>
1: yeah, just do it.
0: But she's been influencing pop culture for literally hundreds of years with no end in sight. If anything, it's ramped up. Mm -hmm. And I said this is the teaser at the end of last episode, but she is definitely in contention for the most cultural influence, maybe of all of our cases so far. Really? (laughs) Wow. So just diving into it, this case has inspired literal fairy tales. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) literal fairy tales. Uh, In the more historical realm, 18th, 19th century writers were obsessed with this horrific story. They would add and omit elements of the narrative, you know, to suit whatever story that they were trying to tell. Mm -hmm. And the most common motif of all of these works was the Countess bathing in her victim's blood in order to retain her youthful beauty. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the overwhelming through line of the way this story has grown mm-hmm. and morphed. So even without knowing the real story, never having heard of Elizabeth, I think most people could think of a movie or story that has a scene like that. Yeah. It, it, like that's how common this motif has become. Yeah. So frequently in the storytelling, the cruel countess would discover the secret of blood bathing uh when she slaps a female servant in a rage splashing parts of her own skin with their blood and then removing the blood they realize that that portion of skin is younger and more beautiful wow so to me the like weird epilepsy cure of blood on the lips Mm -hmm. like is more interesting than how the story has, like, gone. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, like, strike. I mean, I guess it's literally striking, like, hitting someone. But, like, I guess it's a striking storytelling piece. But maybe that's, like, the truth is stranger than fiction type of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, because I think if you say, well, she got this idea because they treated her epilepsy with blood on the lips, like, that sounds more made up in some ways than, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know.
0: So diving backwards into time, from what I could find, the legend appeared in print for the first time in 1729. Mm. And this was Jesuit scholar Laszlo Taroski's tragica historia. Mm -hmm. So again, 1729.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so a while after she had died.
0: But still, old as hell. Because when we're talking <laughs> about print, this is, like, we're talking about, like, access to printing presses. And right. the things are transcribed and handwritten. And...
1: Right, right, right.
0: So, yeah, it was quite a while after her death, but still so old. Yeah. <laughs> and then, kind of, like, an inflection point is... In the 1742 history book written by Matthias Bell, he wrote about his skepticism about this particular detail, Mm. which then, in essence, spread the legend way further. Because now you have like a history text, and even though they're disputing (laughs) these facts, it's like now it's in a history book. Is
1: this like the Barbara Streisand effect? (laughs) (laughs)
0: i essentially yes so like subsequent writers of history and fiction alike often identified vanity as the sole motivation of the crimes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again anti-woman yeah totally (laughs) even if she is the most prolific serial killer it's probably not because of vanity
1: bitches be so shallow
0: so and i actually get into this a little bit like unsurprisingly modern historians like Radu Florescu and Raymond McNally have Mm -hmm. concluded that the theory that she murdered on account of her vanity sprang up from contemporary prejudices about gender roles. Mm -hmm. I mean I think we can totally see that now. Yeah. Like you said the the first mention of witchcraft is like okay red flag let's (laughs) look at this. (laughs) And there is a chance that she was a psychopath with unlimited power and privilege she could have liked hurting people like again not saying she is definitively innocent it's Mm -hmm. a definitive question mark right but at that time it was literally believed that women could not be capable of violence for its own sake
1: Which is so weird. I mean, it's that whole Madonna horror thing, right? It's like so strange. Women are awful and they can't be bad for being bad's sake.
0: Mm -hmm. And it was hundreds of years. It wasn't until the start of the 19th century that the vanity motif was first questioned. That's crazy. Long, long time. (laughs) So in 1817, a lot of the witness accounts, which you referenced... Were published for the first time, mm. so they surfaced. So they re came to light in about 1765, but mm. they weren't published until 1817. So and these papers, again, fact is a loose word yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a story this old, but <laughs> like the papers alleged that the blood baths and like the blood seeking were fact. But again, are these accounts honest and real? Right, right. (laughs) Like there's definitely political motive to lie about them. So it's just people back in the day did believe that this was happening, is essentially as close as we can get to, there's no way to know for sure. Right, right. And so as we know, legends don't just die (laughs) traditionally. (laughs) Especially in popular imagination. So we're done with the question of was it real or not? That's now irrelevant. Right. Because the legend exists and perpetuates.
1: And people believe it 100%, even way, way back when.
0: And there's lots of different versions at this point. So there's some stories denouncing female vanity. Other versions are just aimed to thrill, to entertain, to frighten. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just ever present some stories incorporated like elaborate torture chamber fantasies there's no record of that at all Mm. um some of the assertions were that she used an iron maiden which she didn't Mm. (laughs) like that's not in the evidence of the trial at all so like that's what i mean like even though there are witness statements that she did take the baths and blood like there are witness statements that there are Iron Maidens and there weren't. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah.
0: So we'll never know.
1: I mean, essentially, if Jurg came to you and was like, you need to say this, you would say it. Because Mm -hmm. he was, like, in charge of everything.
0: Yeah, 100%. And you don't want to (laughs) die. Right. (laughs) So then, uh, moving forward in time a bit, Leopold von sacher Massock whose name in- inspired the term masochism.
1: <laughs> oh, interesting. Was
0: inspired by this legend to write his 1874 novella, Iwig <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is horribly pronounced, but translates to eternal youth. Mm. So, quick tangent. Uh, I say tangent, but close tangent, like still Mm -hmm. relevant, but I had never considered like etymology of the word masochism.
1: Yeah, me either. I mean, it's like the Marquis de Sade, everyone knows that association, but yeah, that's new information to me.
0: Yeah. And so in my Wikipedia spiral, (laughs) and I won't bore you with the details, but You were spot on with what you just said—the awkward cocktail party banter that you can take from this episode. (laughs) So, the word sadomasochism is a portmanteau of sadism and masochism. Mm -hmm. Both were originally derived from the names of male authors. (laughs) Uh So, as you mentioned, sadism's its origin is the Marquis de Sade who not only practiced sexual sadism, but also wrote novels about these practices. The best known is probably Justine. Uh-huh. And then, like I said, masochism is named after Leopold, who wrote novels expressing masochistic fantasies, chiefly among them books inspired by this legend.
1: So interesting.
0: So, <laughs> the word sadomasochism and the term s might not exist in the same context... Without this legend. <laughs> How crazy.
1: Now that's big. That's big.
0: I mean, the terms would have been, they would exist. They would just have different names. The concept, yeah.
1: But, but like, I mean,
0: I don't know. Imagine a world in which we don't have Rihanna and Britney Spears singing s s s n m
1: it was like, it's like um Z and P.
0: Z, Z, Z <laughs> and P. Yeah, I'm into Z and P. <laughs> so so again, interesting. The concepts would have existed in our mm-hmm. world, but literally part of the writings of this guy led this other psychiatrist psychologist to name it after him and by the way Leopold was unhappy (laughs) that this term was named after him
1: (laughs) yeah I mean if you have to be a part of that equation I would think you'd want to be on the s side but
0: yeah yeah so that's your fun uh, cocktail party banter from this episode. <laughs> but getting back to Elgibet and the legend. Mm-hmm. She also appears as the main antagonist. And this came up in, in our Vlad Three Dracula episode. But she appears as the main antagonist in the novel Dracula the Undead, which was the sequel to Bram Stoker's classic uh, that was written by his great-grandnephew, Dacre Stoker.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: So... There's gonna be a lot of a lot of vampire <laughs> references well, throughout mine. I
1: saw some reference that they were like distant cousins, but I mean, as we talked about in the last episode, all these nobles were related to each other because they just like intermarried like crazy.
0: The Habsburgs specifically—I mean, that's what yeah. I remember of them from history—is how incestuous and how they married off into every royal family possible. Yeah. So it wouldn't be surprising. Uh, but interestingly, in that sequel, she is cousin to Count Dracula and was the motive behind his decision to move to London in the original novel as she was murdering women under the guise of Jack the Ripper and he was going to stop her.
1: <laughs> wow. It was like a total mashup of so many yes. like major cases.
0: So again, listener, if For whatever reason, you haven't listened to the Vlad the Impaler and Dracula episode, definitely go back to that one. It is so interesting and very similar.
1: And also, I think I mispronounced Voivode during the whole thing, but I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) The amount of mispronunciation I have ahead of me is wild. (laughs) Uh, And I don't remember if we mentioned or not, but there's even debate if Elizabeth... Herjabet helped inspire Bram Stoker and Dracula at all Uh so some scholars say yes it's not in his original notes in his manuscript there's a chance some of the legend connects there as well
1: I mean I have to feel like it's the kind of story that once you learned of it would kind of seep into your thoughts Especially back then, and if your profession is writing gothic horror novels. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, there'll, there'll be a lot of vampires in our mix to, uh, throughout the episode. But starting us off in the world of poetry, mm. and I have a caveat for all of the categories. These are totally, absolutely non-exhaustive lists. <laughs> Uh, I tried to put it together to show a good range Mm -hmm. and if not, we'd be here for four hours as I just read you (laughs) (laughs) titles. (laughs) But like I mentioned, the first stories written about Erzsabet started in the 1700s and it's truly been going ever since. So Hungarian poet Janos Gray was inspired by the story and he wrote Bathory Erzsabet which was published in 1840 Mm -hmm. to great acclaim. In 1847, Sandor Vekat, another Hungarian poet, published Erzsabet, Battery, historical tale in two cantons. Both texts really impactful. And Mm -hmm. so this is poetry, but in the sense of like long-form Gothic poetry. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Jumping forward a couple hundred years, American poet Robert Peters published The Blood Countess, Erzabet Battery of Hungary. And then most recently in 2006, The Cockerel's Waltz by Warwickshire poet Cien Lavinia Anais Valerania. Hmm. And that was published again in 2006. Wow. So those are kind of like our big poetry moments. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Shifting into traditional literature. It's uh, astounding. <laughs> so again, I'm going to touch on notable books and stories throughout history uh, with a bigger focus on more recent work.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So again, 1700s, Mr. Masochist and his uh, <laughs> novella, the history books. And then in the late 1800s, Hungarian writer Kalman Miksath wrote the short story the Lady of Castle Sijet, <laughs> Uh-huh. And just just for the listener, this is a C-S-E-J-T-E.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you want to, like, go and look any of this stuff up, just go to the website because we have the resources. If you're like, how do I Google that? Uh, don't even try. Just go to the website.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then, again, for brevity's sake, I'm just jumping us right to the 1900s. Uh-huh. So, 1925, we have the Hungarian novel The Devil's Wagon by Sando Márai, a bishop of the Hungarian Reformed Church in Transylvania. In mm. 1940, Hungarian writer Kalman Vandor released the historic novel Bátrí Erzsivet. Mm. Moving forward a few decades, in 68, we have The Bloody Countess by Argentinian writer Alejandra Pizarnik. Uh, which was a short gothic work of fiction. 67, mm-hmm. the novel Sanguinarius by Ray Russell was released. Dracula rejoins the conversation in 71 <laughs> with uh, the Dracula archives by Raymond Rudorf, and of course vampire novel featuring Air mm-hmm. mm-hmm. In 73 we have the science fiction short story Rumfuddle by Jack Vance, mm-hmm. and and this one, a baby who would have grown up to be Erzabet is taken to a different time and place in history. Hmm. Uh, 74, Our Lady of Pain by John Blackburn. It's a supernatural horror whose plot revolves around Erzabet being staged in modern Britain. Huh. 15 years later in 89, there's David Edding's series, The Illenium, and there's a villainous character called Lady... Belina, who revels in the torture and killing of young women lives in a castle evil reputation bricked into her room as punishment so (laughs) air a
1: couple similarities there
0: moving into the 90s and 92 anno dracula of course air there Mm -hmm. as well she's like Mm -hmm. pretty cemented in the dracula lore
1: (laughs) so interesting
0: Then, she's a major character depicted as a half-breed vampire in 94's Daughter of the Night by Elaine Bergstrom. Then, beginning in 96, she is framed as the ancestor of protagonist Christopher Sugethi Mm -hmm. in the Half-Life series of novels by W. Mark Simons. Mm The same year, George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire joins the conversation. So in those books, a character named Mad Janelle Lothstrun is rumored to have stolen children from the land surrounding her castle, Harrenhal, and bathed in their blood. Clearly inspired by this story. Yeah, totally. So she's made it into Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. One of the most popular TV shows of modern history until the final season. <laughs> <laughs> In 97, she's featured prominently in Lord of the Vampires, the third installment in a series of novels. She's imagined as one of the Brides of Dracula. Finishing out the 90s in the Nantucket series of science fiction, S.M. Sterling's arch-villainess Dr. Alice Hong is based partially on Erzabet. And then I'm just going to rapid-fire us through the 2000s. So you can get a sense of how active... And current books about, starring, or inspired by her story are to this day. Wow. The novel 62, A Model Kit by Julio Cortazar, was published in 2000. The Countess and Her Story Recurring Themes. The novel Daughters of the Moon by Joseph Curtin came out the same year. In 2002, the Spanish novel Ella Dracula, She Dracula, by Mm -hmm. Javier Garcia Sanchez, released. 2003, she appears resurrected as a vampire in the later books of the Vampire Huntress series. 2005, she's a major antagonist in the alternate history fantasy novels This Rough Magic um, by Eric Flint, Dave Freer, and Mercedes Lackey, where she's portrayed as a sorceress and a Satanist. So, Mm -hmm. a little different from a vampire. And 2006, The Blood Confession by Alyssa M. Libby. The Trouble with Pears by Guia Bathory Al Babel. Both released the next year Brazilian novel, O Legado de Bathory by Alexander Heredia. 2008 mm-hmm. gave us Bathory, A Memoir of the Countess by A. Moreau, The Blood Countess by Andre Kodruscu, and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer book, Tales of the Slayer, Volume 1. Mm-hmm. The same year, finished detective novel The Hungarian Painting by Miko Karpi was released. 2009, the Parasol Protectorate series by Gail Carringer, one of the primary vampires, is inspired by her. (laughs) The same year was the Dracula sequel by Bram Stoker's Hmm, great-grandnephew. Moving to 2010, (laughs) she's the main protagonist of the novel The Countess by Rebecca Johns as well as the Hungarian novella I, Elizabeth Batchery by Maria Savo. Then, in the hugely successful 2010 novel Abraham Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter by (laughs) Seth Graham Smith, it's revealed that Elizabeth was a vampire. 2011, she's described as the daughter of Dracula and appears as one of the main protagonists in modern marvels. Victorania by Wayne Rangel. Batchery, is the name of the high school where the protagonist in the novel Vladimir Todd goes. Mm. Uh, and lastly, again, just 2011, she's encountered by a band of protagonists while imprisoned in Hell in the novel Damned by by Chuck Palnick. <laughs> in 2013, she's entangled with a major character's backstory in James Rollins and Rebecca Kentrell's The Blood Gospel. The same year, she's featured in The Prayer of 90 Cats. 2015, she's depicted as one of the reincarnations of the demoness Lilith in the book Demoness. And 2017, she's the main antagonist in Venglis Garoflu's novel, The Baths of the Countess. 2018, she's featured in Robert Statzer's To Love a Vampire and MJ Mead's On Devil's Wings and in Michelle, Aguayo Page's short story A Stab It Forever. Most recently, she's the main character in the vampire novella Love Bites as well as the book The Blood Countess by Terra Moss. Okay.
1: Whew. Wow. Holy shit.
0: That is so many through all of history, but so recently.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it's incredible. And it's so kind of strange to me the vampire like it just took a total left turn into
0: vampire Mm -hmm.
1: i mean there was the whole witchcraft thing and there was some talk of satanism but wow
0: yes it is a pop culture juggernaut that's crazy i will be more brief as i go through other categories but i wanted to give a sense of what this what this is i mean
1: that's like one every year one every other year Mm -hmm. for the last 25 years
0: yeah. And really, I mean, consistently for the last 300 years. That's crazy. <laughs> so transitioning to the stage, to the theater. <laughs> so taking a little step back. 1865, sixty-five, Erzsébet Battery, an historic tragedy in five acts, made its stage debut. And that was by Hungarian uh, writer Zoltan Boloch. Mm. Again, I mentioned I'll be brief, so fast forwarding 110 years. <laughs> in 1975, Elizabeth the Terrible made its debut in Czechoslovakia mm. or then, you know, Czechoslovakia. Yeah. And 1985, Batria Erdőbet by Hungarian playwright Ádras Nagy made its debut, and 94 in the Service of Beauty by Melbourne playwright Sam Szegfrő explored the final days of the countess after she'd been imprisoned in her castle Mm. 95's bloody countess take me home tonight (laughs) is a (laughs) libretto for ballet by macedonian playwright zanina mersevska and this is uh, also touches on cannibalism and western culture Mm. 98 there was undead dreams of darkness which was written and directed by david Navaris. And that has characters and situations with like Dracula, like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh And it's set in modern times with Erzhebet as a vampire antagonist. In 2000, the musical, The Forest of Transylvania, that showed Erzhebet as a prominent villain who was kept alive by being an undead werewolf and posing as an English teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, (laughs) full circle. So we got our uh werewolves into the mix now. <laughs> so bizarre. Um, that same year, battery by Canadian playwright Mounen King made its debut. In 2004, Erzgebet by Michael Stever with Amy LeBlanc debuted in New York. Uh, 2005, Vampress, an opera written by Chad Salvata, made its debut. 2007. Battery The Blood Countess, written by John DeDonna, was produced by the Empty Spaces Theater Company. 2010, Bathory, a new musical, started its run on the 45th Street Theater. And most recently, in 2021, Bathory by Carlos Attains debuted in Madrid. Wow. So again, there's more. Yeah. But... And,
1: and like all around the globe, everybody's interested in it, but taken it in kind of weird directions
0: from the 1800s to 2021
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is so wild
0: oh yeah i didn't find much about radio but i did see the canadian broadcasting corporation did a supernatural series called nightfall and they ran a two-part uh dramatization on the atrocities of ergevet and they called it blood countess and that was in the 80s Hmm,
1: yeah
0: but turning to television Very interestingly, this story is much less documented. Huh. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, maybe with... I mean, it's not nothing. Like, I'll go through it. But I was thinking maybe, like, TV didn't become gritty until the last couple decades. Yeah, maybe it was just too gruesome. That's what I was thinking. Like, I think maybe however you wanted to play this it was probably too much yeah for many decades of television
1: well again child victims like we've seen in some recent cases like maybe doesn't get the most traction on tv
0: mm-hmm. but probably most notably the fifth season of american horror story featured a character loosely based on Hergibet, Uh-huh. and that was countess elizabeth johnson who was portrayed by Lady Gaga. Oh, wow. And she would slit the throat of her victims in order to drink their blood and remain eternally young. Mm. But the story made its way into German horror comedy cartoon TV show, <laughs> School for Vampires, which ran from 2006 to
1: 2010. Naturally.
0: Uh, the second episode of Lore on Amazon Prime recounts the story, huh. and the second season of the show Salem, which I didn't know about, but it features a character named Countess Palatine, Ingrid von Marburg, who's played by Lucy Lawless, apparently, hmm. and that was inspired by, and claims to have once been known as, the Air Huh.
1: Well, and what did you say, Countess Palatine, which is which is the title of mm-hmm. the dude who arrested her? Somebody so, was looking on the website and like, oh, that's a cool word. We'll just <laughs> use, we'll just pull that.
0: Yeah, we'll just use that. It's totally fine. <laughs> and then this was not the case for film, hmm. tons and tons. Again, brevity's sake, I'm gonna run through it an abbreviated list by decade okay and i'm gonna start it with the 1970s italian british fantasy horror film necropolis Mm. so then 71 there was countess dracula with ingrid pitt as countess elizabeth Uh and daughters of darkness with delphine syrig as countess bathory Mm -hmm. 73 legend of blood castle Lucia Bose as Hergibet, Curse of the Devil with Maria Silva as Hergibet, and Immortal Tales with Paloma Picasso as Elizabeth. Hmm. Uh, Last for the 70s, there was 79's Thirst, which Hmm. was about a descendant of Hergibet. Hmm. Moving to the 80s, there was The Bloody Lady, Mama Dracula, Night of the Werewolf, The Tyrant's Heart. And the mysterious death of Nina Shiro. The 90s was quieter. The only film I saw with a direct link was called Bloodbath in 99. Uh huh. And then we get into the 00s. Yeah. The year 2000, there were three movies: Bathory, Alguien Mató Algo, and La Historia de Elizabeth Bathory. Then Killer Love in 2002, and both Tomb of the Werewolf and Eternal in 2004. Hmm. 2005 there was a movie night frange followed by four more in 2006 those were stay alive demon's claw bram stroker (laughs) stroker bram stoker's dracula's curse and metamorphosis then in 2007 we got blood scarab hellboy and hostile part two now i'm a horror movie fan (laughs) I will never forget the scene in Hostel Part 2 that owes its credit back to Erzhebet's legend. Really? It is brutal. Ugh. Never forgotten. <laughs> um, back to the movie list, though. Bathory, Countess of Blood in 08, The Countess, 09, moving into the 2010s, it- Just keeps going. So in 2010, there's a Hungarian film called The Bathory Legend, as well as American horror film 30 Days of Night. Mm -hmm. In 2012, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter made its film debut. 2013 gave us Chastity Bites, Fright Night 2, and Epitaph Bread and Salt. Mm -hmm. The documentary film 400 Years of Bloody Countess came out the next year. 2015, there was Salem Bloodbath and the film Blood Countess. And most recently, there's been Blood of the Tribades, as well as Neon Demon. Mm. So, damn.
1: Yeah, wow.
0: (laughs) Again, non-exhaustive abbreviated list. (laughs) Crazy.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: So before I round us out with video games, comics, games, music, I wanted to pause for a second even with all the titles I've gone through, there's one big piece connected to Air Shabet that I purposefully haven't mentioned yet because I didn't want it to get lost in the mix. So mm-hmm. as an audience surrogate, yes. million-dollar question. Oh, boy. <laughs> Any guesses as to what it might be?
1: Uh, I, I can't think of anything. I mean, honestly, I knew of her, but I don't feel like I've really seen anything or consumed any of these things that are drawn from her legend.
0: Girl, you have.
1: All right, tell me.
0: It's just the story of a little girl and seven dwarves. No. Snow White. Shut up. So, the German fairy tale, originally published by the Brothers Grimm, and 1812, there's a school of scholars that believed Erzabet's legend helped inform the creation of the evil queen, along with the enchantress Ceridwyn in Welsh mythology, as well as the archetype of Lilith from the Judeo-Christian religions. Wow.
1: Oh, man, like brain exploding all <laughs> over the place. So Holy talk shit. talk about
0: pop culture.
1: For real? I mean, does it get any bigger than Snow White?
0: Yeah, and obviously Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, it's more than just a Disney classic film. It's a classic of all film. Right. And the fairy tale is bigger than Disney.
1: You know, it's funny because earlier as you were talking, I was thinking like, um, what is it? Maleficent? Maleficent.
0: Oh, Maleficent.
1: Yes. Like those kind of vibes. Because everything I read kept talking about her raven haired beauty and her pale skin and and like I was just getting this kind of like evil kind of Mm -hmm. queen theme. So I was close without So yeah, evil
0: Queen as a genre has a lot of influence shared with Air Shabbat. Wow. But there are scholars who make direct connections to the Brothers Grimm. Well, and
1: why not? I mean, it makes perfect sense. Because in that area, again, like going back to the Vlad episode, there were the Saxons who were the kind of German people Mm -hmm. who were living in Central Europe at that time. And so those stories would have made their way. Wow.
0: So here's our quick sideline of Snow White. Mm -hmm. So to my count, over 60 adaptations in literature over 50 movies and TV shows, and popular, too. (laughs) Right, right. um, So, like, when you think about, like, weirdly popular TV shows, like Once Upon a Time and Grimm, both ripple effects uh, intertwined with Erzabet. We go back to the 1916 silent film Snow White, which is a huge piece in silent film history, as Uh, well as the evolution of film. (laughs) right uh betty boop (laughs) version of snow white in the 30s uh snow white and the three stooges in the 60s snow white with the brady bunch (laughs) in the 70s the berenstain bears like snow white is pop culture
1: i mean it's everywhere what's really creepy about this is i was just talking with my oldest daughter about snow white yesterday or the day before i don't know how it came up but like my kids are literally not allowed to see anything that is disney that's not pixar like uh, that
0: makes sense.
1: I'm <laughs> that parent. So they've never seen Snow White. They and th- she knows about it, you know, just she mm-hmm. just has absorbed it here and there throughout the culture and kind of knows the story and knows about the dwarves and she was like, that's that's really messed up. I think we were talking about consent <laughs> or something. She's uh-huh. like, that's like a really messed up story and what was the apple poisoned with? And like she wanted to know the details, like what kind of apple? has yeah. these side effects, or what kind of poison has these side effects. But it's like, what? It all goes mm-hmm. back. Oh, my God. That's
0: it's creeping me out, man. And the movie Snow White and the Huntsman even went so far as to have the evil queen, Charlize Theron, bathe in the blood of girls to stay young, and she called for Snow White's literal heart.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I love Charlize Theron. <laughs> but straight up airjabed. Wow. Legend. (laughs) Wow. So it's unbelievable how these legends and myths intertwine over the centuries.
1: Well, and I feel like that is the true measure of when something has gone supernova pop culturally is that the connection is no longer known, like, commonly, right? To have that direct kind of influence... But most people would not be able to articulate that connection or connect it back to this, you know, real-life story and Mm real-life person. Wow. But now you can take that to your cocktail
0: party. And even Snow White aside, the impact is huge. Yeah. And I would reckon most people don't know anything about Elizabeth Bathory, Elizabeth Bathory. Like, just in general.
1: Yeah. Probably, it's I mean, so... not like this. I mean, I think everybody will have some kind of, oh, yeah, there was this, like, lady a long time ago who bathed in blood, or, you know, like, they might have something like that, but not not the specifics. hmm Wow. Or that she didn't actually bathe in blood. <laughs> just like so, a yeah. little blood chapstick.
0: I didn't think... I did, super abbreviated the Snow White side, but like I said... 60 adaptations in literature and over 50 movies and TV shows of just adaptations of the fairy tale.
1: And like the evil queen archetype which...
0: Yeah, continues forever. And again, like, there's a Welsh sorceress, there's Lilith, like, it's not a Mm one-for-one Herjabet, but she is a big part of the mix. So wild. So then, let's return comics and manga. Mm. So the manga Berusayu, Mm -hmm. Nobara Gaiden, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a side story of the Rose of Versailles, and it has her story updated to 18th century France, where she's confronted by the main characters of the series. Then... We get to DC Comics Mm -hmm. and their series, Secret Six. The origin of the character Jeanette is revealed. She was taken hostage by Elgibet as a young girl. And as the Countess's favorite, was forced to watch every murder. Mm -hmm. Uh, The anime Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust connected back to her. The Manhua series, Horror Collector by Lee So Young. The protagonist is a wealthy, beautiful collector of artifacts used for violence and attempts to resurrect Ergebet. The Chinese menhua journey to the past. The protagonist is a time traveler and has to deal with Ergebet. 2014 Dynamite Entertainment comic series The Blood Queen by writer Troy Brownfield is based in part on the legend. Mm. Uh, and the manga and anime Mrs. Vampire... character ellie is based on her she appears in the manga majo tyson the war of the greedy witches and again i don't really live in the world of comic books and this podcast has opened my eyes to how deeply they are connected to so many of our cases and stories yeah so Of course DC is in there. Of course Marvel has a cask of a Montiato comic. It's just (laughs) like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) So, in the same vein, it's the exact same with video games. Mm. I found at least 25 (gasps) games with connections back to this case. With heavy hitters like Mortal Kombat, Mass Effect, Tekken, and Castlevania...
1: That is nuts.
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh, And then one specifically I wanted to highlight was Blizzard's Diablo Uh 2, which was a huge game. It features Erzabet as a unique monster you have to face. Mm. And when you set out on the quest, this is the text from the game. Mm. Quote, And so it came to pass that the Countess, who once bathed in the rejuvenating blood of a hundred virgins, was buried alive, and her castle, in which so many cruel deeds took place, fell rapidly into ruin. Rising over the buried dragons in that godforsaken wilderness, a solitary tower, like some monument to evil, is all that remains. The Countess's fortune was believed to be divided among the clergy, although some say that more remains unfound still buried alongside the rotting skulls that bear mute witness to the inhumanity of the human creature. End quote. Dang. So, all over video games. (laughs) (laughs) And then, we get into physical games and toys.
1: Oh my god, no.
0: So she's featured in McFarlane Toys' Six Faces of Madness series, a collection of action figures... Which oh also includes Jack the Ripper, Rasputin, and Vlad the Impaler. Hmm.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: she's of course depicted bathing in blood, while there are heads of some of her victims impaled on a candelabra. So a little Vlad sauce thrown in there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: She's also uh, there's a doll of her in the Living Dead Dolls series. I the card want game, that. Evil Baby Orphanage. <laughs> Includes uh, Lady three as a character, and she's shown in a bathtub with pink water. Mm. The board game, The Harbingers, which is part of a series of interactive board games. Elizabeth was one of the six playable Harbingers in the game, portrayed as a vampirist.
1: What's interesting P- is the number six keeps coming up.
0: I guess it's just the secret sauce of these uh, <laughs> creators.
1: Interesting.
0: And then, prior to that, she had her own added expansion set to the game Nightmare. So... I don't
1: get out enough, because, <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: All through there. And then, last but certainly not least, the world of music. Mm-hmm. So many <laughs> songs. There are German, Hungarian, Slovakian, Czech, and French operas. There's gothic metal, extreme metal, thrash metal, black metal. There's songs <laughs> in French, German, Swedish, Russian, Finnish, English. There's hip-hop, folk, singer-songwriter. I found over 75. Wow. That are about inspired by or directly mention Ergebet or Elizabeth, depending on what version of her name they're going with.
1: Are we going to throw this on our Spotify? Have we put anything many on our of, Spotify Yeah, later? many
0: of these will be on the Most Foul Music playlist on our okay. Spotify. Uh, then I found eight different metal bands named after her. Wow. Three from America, and then one each from Sweden, Holland, Germany, Mexico, and Colombia. <laughs> wow. Hell, there is a record label named after her, Air no. Records. <laughs> no. It, her influence is borderline unbelievable. Wow. So, like I said at the start, I'll end it the same. She is definitely in contention for the most influential case that we've ever done. Those ripple effects are astounding and nonstop up to 2022 (laughs) like
1: it's amazing to me i had no idea i had no idea remember when we first talked about this i had on the list and you were kind of like who dat like will there be anything to talk about i don't know and then we're like oh let's do it
0: (laughs) truly i mean as like part of us splitting it into two like starting to look into this it was like oh my god (laughs)
1: But you know what I keep coming back to and I keep wondering, and maybe there's no answer, but it's like that hundred years between when she died and when all of this started appearing, mm-hmm. what was going on? Like, why did it take that hundred years?
0: But I just wonder if, like, that's just lost pop culture. Yeah. Like, it couldn't have been Radio Silence. It had to have been books and stories and songs. And yeah. I think just with, like, the war-torn nature of history, like, yeah. it's probably just gone. But there's no way it was silent.
1: <laughs> because, ugh, oh, my God.
0: Wow. But the one writer, the first documented in the early 1700s, and then following that up with the history book disputing the claims, I think really right. cemented it. Like, <laughs> I think the history book did a lot. Right. And then, I mean, once you hit, like, fairy tale. Right, right, right. Kind of oh like Dracula. God. I mean, Dracula was so similar to this in, like, board games and dolls right. and video yeah. games. But I think she beat him.
1: Which is kind of crazy. So it's, like, the most famous historic psychopath that you've never heard of. hmm Wow. That is crazy. And then you have to think of things that are, like, the vampire facial Which feels so relevant, even though (laughs) Uh I'm sure it's not literally connected. But it's, like, this idea that, I don't know, the chasing of youth and the virgin thing and the blood and vampires. And I don't know. It's just wild.
0: The thing that stuck out to me about Herjabet, though, is, yeah, like, the story is made up, essentially. But, like, it's her. Like, you know, it's rarely Vlad. Uh Uh-huh but it's like her name for whatever reason yeah like she has been she herself has been the vampire character throughout all that time to the point now where it's like nine different metal bands named right. Ershebat right and Ershebat records like i i think that's probably interesting too that it's like her actual historical name and her english name like she is the character in the fiction
1: yeah Yeah. I mean, I think it's got to be this thing where this ancient archetype and some real life situation or person kind of come together. So this Lilith kind of archetype, Mm -hmm. right? And then this person, and then they just collide and it becomes, it takes on a whole other life of its own. But... Oh, so fascinating to me. And and how the real historic story almost, like you said, doesn't even matter in some ways, because it's not what people believe.
0: But that said, I mean, truly, I was envisioning like Game of Thrones level, political intrigue, and like a takedown of a powerful woman. And maybe she is a killer. But like, if you look at it from and a non-serial killer, Linz, who was taken out and then her reputation ruined. Yeah. That would be, like, a fascinating TV show. Like, Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, again, I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I know, like, as much as anyone who just absorbs it through the culture. And whenever I do these deep dives into this Central European history for these episodes it really feels like the author pulled a lot. But what's so Mm -hmm. strange is as you're kind of seeing or you watch the show and it seems so far-fetched, but I think a lot of it is drawn from things that really happened in that time and that place was just, I mean, brutal beyond belief. Mm -hmm.
0: And in this case, we literally have the direct connection in Game of Thrones slash A Song of Ice and Fire from George R. R. Martin. Right, which is wild. I always thought of that show, like, yes, of course it had magic and dragons and, like, fantasy. But, like, the crux of the show was politics.
1: Yeah. That's how it seemed. And, like, the intrigue and betrayal and treachery. Mm. And, I mean, that was in abundance during this time. There were just so many shifting allegiances and, you know there was just none of the stability that that we kind of think of now related to politics yeah that's wild so wild I'm so glad that we did this one Me but,
0: too. Uh, i love this podcast
1: <laughs> i mean this one definitely falls under that heading which we haven't talked about in a while but it's like dissertations we will never write but mm-hmm. i feel like this one is like could be 20 different dissertations um, and they, I'm sure they exist. They're out there because this stuff is just too interesting.
0: They do. I didn't get deep, deep into it, but I was literally reading scholarly articles about yeah. this impact on pop culture. Like, that's. I kept finding a lot of those where it's like, here's the abstract of this article you can download about... <laughs> I was like okay yeah we're in this territory.
1: yeah, I know. I mean this is when we sometimes talk about if we were to shift to a kind of season format and we were to pick some cases that we really go deep deep into this is one I feel like, Because I want to fucking know. And maybe it's not knowable, but I want to know. And I have to say, like, just my, (laughs) like, my (laughs) heartstrings are pulling for her to just be, like, a badass leader who got a bad rap, which maybe, you know, is just wishful thinking on my part. But I think for sure she got a bad rap regardless of, like, how awful she was. Like, she has been maligned beyond, I think, her evil
0: deeds. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Bloody Mary-esque.
1: It's like, you know, just normal... Like, you have to go to Supernatural to contain her evilness. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, that's something that's not... Or rarely even applied to, like, Adolf Hitler or Stalin or, you know, the Khmer Rouge. It's like, they're just bad men. It's never, like, you have to make it Supernatural to even explain their evilness. But with her you know just normal evilness can't even suffice you have to go to that next level of like vampire werewolf witch mm-hmm. whatever
0: and the flip side of the real version is still she was so superficial
1: this right right
0: woman all <laughs> she cared about was her looks that she murdered hundreds of people
1: right right And not that she was super smart. She spoke four languages. Like what I didn't mention last episode, but her husband was barely literate. And so, I mean, even for men at the time, even male nobility, it was not common to be as educated as she was. So she was, I think, naturally a gifted, smart person who had the good fortune to be educated. And, you know, all of that is kind of erased. She was just a vain and the irony of it is that she was actually beautiful naturally. So like, mm-hmm. you know, of people who like wouldn't have even needed that, she was known as a natural beauty. So it's, then, it's, yeah.
0: Even just the other side too, like we know that putting someone's blood all over you won't make you younger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but maybe injecting like stem cells yeah, into so your that's face. that's different. That's different
0: but even if she was killing people and bathing in their blood she wouldn't look younger like it wouldn't work <laughs> <But> <laughs> and the i point think that sort of that a i think she crux was of that it.
1: shallow <laughs> i mean i don't know like we're going to now maybe i don't know get hate mail like we're apologists for the worst female serial killer of all time but
0: and she could have been <laughs>
1: she could have been but i'm going to need more proof than fewer than 40 witnesses who were maybe tortured probably definitely threatened (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know
0: and like i said yes there are witness reports that she did it but there are also witness reports of a dungeon that doesn't exist and iron maidens that weren't even in the country (laughs) right right
1: and like witchcraft and dark arts i mean just red flag red flag red flag wow this was a good one
0: I really hope the listener likes it.
1: Yeah, same, same. Oh, man. And send us ideas.
0: Yes, please.
1: And feedback. We love feedback.
0: Especially the nice ones.
1: (laughs) Oh, and reviews. Five-star reviews. We love those.
0: Yeah, and it's not just for our egos. Like, the the five stars actually informs the algorithm and helps amplify so other people can find the show.
1: So it's like you're doing a public service.
0: And you're giving us our one-year birthday present.
1: Yay! And we could read your review on air.
0: Hell yeah, we will.
1: Oh my gosh. It's a love fest. It's a one-anniversary love fest. Woo! Dinosaur Ooh. noise <laughs> <Rawr>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy
0: Well with Thank that you. I guess listener we appreciate the hell out of you
1: Thousand 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 percent Boop Please head over to Apple Podcast and rate and review our show. It really helps us out. Plus we'll read five star reviews on an upcoming episode.
0: This has been a Facts from Janet production.